Hello everybody and welcome back to another podcast episode of Mysterious Headlines. Today we're going to be talking more about the case of missing 16-year-old Kaylee Jones. I previously have made two podcast episodes on this case. If you are new and have not heard of this case, I highly recommend you go listen to both of those podcast episodes because that'll give you a lot of background information on this case and who Kaylee Jones is. So go check out those podcast episodes first and then return to this one because we're going to be talking about some updates and kind of things we've learned um, in regards to this case. So I mentioned this in one of the previous podcast episodes, but so Kaylee Jones, as we know, was living in Carrollton, Georgia, but it was late in 2021 that her family moved from Bentonville, Florida to Carrollton, Georgia. Now, Bentonville, Florida is a relatively small town in Florida, and they were living there. That's where they had lived for a long time, and she had lived with her older siblings, and she attended a private school there, and she also was doing horse riding, and she was not just any horse rider, but she was a competitive horse rider. So she had her own horse that she would ride, and she was competitive and would ride um, in shows and receive ribbons and medals, and that was a really big thing for her, was horse riding, a large part of her life. And she received a lot of joy from doing that. And late in 2021, her parents announced that they were moving to Carrollton, Georgia. Now, her dad, he had been working at the horse stables that Kaylee had been um, training at in Florida. And he announced that he had gotten a job at a different horse stables just outside of Carrollton, Georgia. And so they were going to be moving. So it was late in 2021 that the family moved from Bentonville, Florida to Carrollton, Georgia. Now, again, all of Kaylee's siblings are older, so they no longer live in the house. So Kaylee is the only one still at home. And so the three of them moved from Bentonville, Florida to Carrollton, Georgia, which Carrollton, Georgia is an even smaller town than Bentonville, Florida. And Carrollton, Georgia has a population of about 27,000 people. It's really small, you know, the kind of small town that has like a couple main shops, you know, a couple main restaurants, um, but it it doesn't have much chain stuff. It's, it's relatively pretty small. And so they moved to Carrollton, Georgia. And when they moved to Carrollton, Georgia, Kaylee's mom started homeschooling her. Now, we're unsure at this point when they moved to Carrollton, Georgia, if Kaylee's mom was still working because she, as she said in one of her interviews, she was a developmental psychologist or therapist, um, but we're unclear when they moved to Carrollton, Georgia, if she was continuing that work or not. But we do know that mom homeschooled Kaylee at this point. She did not get enrolled in a school in Carrollton. She was homeschooled. And she was continuing to ride horses and train and compete. 
um, at the local stables there. But again, her dad worked there. So every time she was training and, you know, um, and practicing, her dad was there because that's where he worked. She did get a job at the Dollar General, which I mentioned in another episode that you had to be 18 to work at the Dollar General. But I did find out they do make some exceptions um, for people um, that are under the age of 18. And so in this case, they must have made an exception for Kaylee. And she got a job at the Dollar General, which was essentially just down the street from where they lived. She could walk there. And we know in small towns, Dollar Generals are a like a lifeline to the small town. People usually go in there for groceries. They go in there for all sorts of things um, that they need. And so, um, you know, Dollar Generals in small towns are pretty popular. And we found out that it seems like getting this job at Dollar General was very much something her parents wanted and not something she wanted too much. She started working there in early um, 2022. And according to her manager, she, the manager had put her up at the register and she immediately started shaking and could not do it and said, no, 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 I can't be up here. And that's when the manager found out from Kaylee that, you know, Kaylee told her manager, I, you know, I'm on the autism spectrum. And the manager said, oh, that, you know, it totally made a lot more sense after I found out that she was on the autism spectrum disorder. Definitely on the high functioning end, but she said it made a lot of sense because she literally was shaking in fright when I tried to put her up front, um, when I tried to have her converse with anybody she did not want to do it so the man the manager said then I um I put her just to stocking so then all she was doing was stocking the shelves where she didn't have to converse with anybody the manager also states that you know she found out that Kaylee was basically lying about her availability because she did not want to work there so she would tell her parents and tell like her manager you know, that she didn't have much availability to work because she didn't want to be working there. And it seems very much like the parents were pushing her to work there. Um, And she just, she didn't want to. And she had a hard time doing it. And it's, it's definitely interesting to think about that, to think about her parents pushing her to you know, to work a job when maybe she wasn't ready for it or she wanted to focus her time elsewhere. I mean, she's still 16 and she still has a lot of, you know, a lot of time ahead of her. And, you know, for me, when I think of 16 year olds, it's like they should be enjoying the moment and hanging out with friends and doing hobbies and extracurricular activities they love and learning a lot, you know, that should be their focus. And I know there's lots of 16-year-olds that have jobs. And I think if a 16-year-old wants to get a job, that's great. If they're self-motivated and they want to get out there, they want to get a job, they want to start making money, more power to them. I, you know, I have no problem with that. But when it's spearheaded by the parents saying, oh, you need to go get a job, you need to work. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't fully understand that. 
And they're a family that, you know, Kaylee owned a horse and she, again, competed in, you know, in horse riding and had lots of ribbons. And so to me, money doesn't seem an issue because I know it's very expensive to own a horse, to board a horse, um, to compete in horse riding shows. It's expensive. You know, all of that, you know, all of the uniforms and, you know, and and stuff that you need for that and the care of the horse is all very expensive. And so to me, it doesn't seem like money really was much of an issue um, with them. I don't know specifics, but that's my thought. If they're able to pay for a horse and pay for the upkeep and care of a horse and allow Kaylee to do horse competitions, they probably have a decent amount of money, which leads me to believe, you know, Kaylee didn't have to work in order for them to have enough money. It seems like it was more of, you know, the matter of them wanting her to maybe be out of the house or wanting her to work and she perhaps wasn't ready to do that and you know again I just say I if a 16 year old is self-motivated and wants to work that's certainly one thing but if they say oh I don't want a job right now I want to focus on other things and you know a job is not a necessity or a lifeline for the family then you know the parents should be okay with that and say yeah you know I completely understand I support you 100% I know when I was in, you know, when I was in high school, I was focusing on, you know, on so many different things. Now I went to a public school, but, you know, I was running on the cross country team in the fall. I was focusing on my, um, you know, my grades and, you know, my academics and I was um, doing volunteer stuff. And, you know, my parents said, you do not need to get a job. Just focus on that stuff. You know, you're still in high school. Once you get out of high school, you'll have plenty of opportunities for jobs. And so I, you know, I I did end up working a job um, like halfway through my senior year um, because I had some availability to do so and I was motivated and I wanted to do so. And it was a job that was going to help prepare me for some of my future endeavors. But, you know, my parents said it's it's not a necessity. So, you know, if you want to, you can, but you know, we're not forcing you to do it. And that's how I think it should be for a 16 year old. And so it kind of it breaks my heart to hear that they were pushing her with this job so much. Um, The other thing that's interesting is that again, this Dollar General is down the street from their house. So Kaylee could walk there to work um, every time that she worked. And it's a small town. There's, as I mentioned, a Dollar General is kind of a lifeline. Everybody goes in there for you know, all their basics things, because that's like the store in a small town, you know, they don't have um, necessarily like a Walmart and, you know, and a Target and all of those big name stores where you can get, you know, all your stuff. The Dollar General is kind of a smaller version of that. You can go in there, you can get your food, you can get your, you know, your household essential items and, you know, get everything you need all at once. And so, you know, to me, it's surprising that the parents, you know, didn't really go to the Dollar General much. Much The manager said that um, her dad came in one time after she started work. Um, it was like the second shift that she worked. The dad came in um, to like give something to Kaylee. 
and then was like never seen again. And she started this job in early 2020. And you'd think that one, if your child is on the spectrum, has some sort of special needs, and they're starting a new job, that you would go check on them, especially when it's down the street from your house. You could pop in there, say, hey, how is she doing? Is she adjusting well or things good? That to me is something normal that a parent might do, but that really never happened. And then we know after she went missing, the dad went once to Dollar General um, to talk to the manager, but that was it. Like, was not seen again at Dollar General. And the manager said that they, like, she was trying to keep Kaylee on um, the payroll for as long as she could. Like, so there's there's obviously, um, like, manager policies there where if you don't show up, then you're essentially considered a no-show. They, you know, they have to treat you as you walked off the job and you don't want to come back. Now, obviously, her situation is slightly different. And the manager said, I really want to be empathetic of this. And I understand, you know, I, that, you know, there, this is kind of an outlier situation. So the manager tried to keep her on as an employee as long as she could. But um, just this week said, you know, I hit the point where I can't, I can't do it anymore. And I had to take her off. And so she has essentially formally been terminated now. And the manager said, you know, it breaks my heart, but, you know, she said, I'll always keep an open door if she, you know, if she wants to come back to Carrollton and wants to work again, you know, my door is always open. There's always that option for her, but, um, you know, she essentially didn't show up for her work shift, which is, um, you know, part of the reason she was reported missing. So it's, it's definitely interesting thinking further about that. Um, and, you know, that that probably had something to do with her disappearance, you know, this idea that, that one, you know, being forced to do something she doesn't want to do, and it also seems like Kaylee didn't have much room, and I talk about, like, kind of physical room, um, in the sense of, you know, she moved from one small town to an even smaller town. She was being homeschooled, so she wasn't even going to a public school. She didn't really have a chance to interact with other people. She was working, but it was down the street at the Dollar General. And she was doing her horse training, but it was at the stables that her dad worked at, so it was never on her own. It was never with anyone else. Like, it was never just like, oh, I'm going down to the horse stables with my friend, like... It, you know, it was always with her dad and they're watching her. And so she just, I don't think really had a lot of room to like do her own thing, be her own person, you know, and we see online in some of these things she's posted on social media that she acted like a different person online, which is not uncommon for a teenager you know, a teenager will frequently act one way in person around their family. You know, they feel like they have to be a certain way or they're put in a certain box. And then online, they portray something different. And on her TikTok, you could see kind of a different side of her where, you know, you saw her post photos of what looked like a more normal teenager wearing like a crop top and and pants and like on her social media, you saw kind of a 
more regular teenager wearing a crop top, wearing pants, smiling, you know, in the camera, like taking a mirror selfie, which is what you would expect from an average teenager. And a lot of the other pictures we've seen that like were given from parents and stuff are pictures of her like wearing a hoodie, like, you know, with her hair all, um, all wavy and stuff. And, and then, like I said, the ones on social media, her hair has been all straightened. It's up in a bun and, you know, she's got makeup on. And so there's definitely kind of two sides here. Um, and she definitely seemed to maybe want to be a different person than she was or be a different person than she felt she could be in front of her parents and maybe in the town that she was living in. And so it's it's definitely interesting. Um, I mean, there's all possibilities on the table at this point. There's the possibility that, yes, she did um, converse with someone on Shady Online and she got lured into something and she's with, like, an older male. Um, that is certainly a possibility. I don't know how likely it is. I truly don't. I mean, although she was on the autism spectrum, it seems like she was a pretty intelligent young lady. And I, I mean, I don't know if she would have fallen for that. But then again, it's possible. And there's been lots of other teenagers that, you know, are smart teenagers but did fall for that. So that's a possibility. Another possibility is that she planned a runaway and she knew she wanted to leave. She felt like she couldn't, you know, maybe breathe at the house and she wanted something different. And so she planned some sort of an escape, a runaway. And maybe there's other people involved like friends um, or other family members but she she planned some sort of an escape and went somewhere. Um, the other possibility is that it wasn't planned, but that it was kind of a last minute, like, crap, I got to get out of here. I got to do this. And we, we know that the last, like, 48 hours leading up to her disappearance were kind of explosive. And that's when I shared about the um, the confrontation, about the photos found on her phone, and then the Zoom call with the brother and stuff. So... We know that all happened in the 48 hours before she left. So it's possible that maybe it wasn't planned that it that all happened. And then she was like, I can't do this. I got to get out of here. And then she found a way out. Um, and then there's always a fourth possibility. And I say this with any kind of a case. And it's not coming for the parents. It's simply looking at all possibilities. Because you have to look at all possibilities to rule everything out. So there is a fourth possibility that the parents have done something negligent, that they've harmed her, that they killed her, that they did something and they're covering it up. That's certainly possible. I'm not saying that's exactly what happened, but it is possible. And again, you have to look at all possibilities before you can rule something out. You you just have to. And it's not doing a disservice. What's doing a disservice is if you refuse to look at all possibilities and you only side with the family members and you say, oh, the family member has to be right. You know, they have to be right. And I'm not going to look at any other possibility. 
that's when you do a disservice to the person that's actually missing. And so every case that I look at, I always look at it through as many lenses as there are possible. I look at it through Kaylee's lens and what she must be feeling and, you know, and she must have felt that she didn't have a place there and she she wanted something different. And so, you know, she must be going through a lot of different emotions and I... I look at it through her parents' lens, you know, understanding that, okay, they're an adoptive set of adoptive parents, you know, Kaylee had a lot of trauma as a child, and so they've had to deal with that and find the best ways to parent her, and at times maybe they haven't parented her in the best possible way, but they've, you know, seemingly, from what we can tell, provided love for her, and it's... You know, it's unclear exactly what went on in that household, but there, you know, there's there's the potential that, you know, that something more happened that we do not know about. And you have to look at all of these possibilities and say, yep, that's a possibility. And until you find out more specific information, you can't rule it out. You just can't. Like, you can't. And you know, it's just not possible. And one of the things that is a little suspicious in that regard is that they, um, there was like a private group that said, hey, we want to go search their house because they have seven acres in Carrollton, Georgia, where they live. And so a private group said, we want to go search that seven acres because like, that's an important thing to rule out that like, okay, something didn't happen there on the seven acres. And, you know, so a group went to go search there, a private group. And they, you know, the parents immediately halted the search and were like, no, 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 you're not doing this. Get off. Like, which is like, I understand it's their, it's their house. But at the same time, it's like, if, you know, if, if I was a parent and my daughter was missing, I'd want to rule out all possibilities. I'd want to rule out the possibility that she, you know, she left um, the property. I'd want to rule out that nothing happened on the property. And so that's a little suspicious to me. Um, And then there also was an interview with the, um, the adoptive parents and the brother, the older brother, Hunter, who lives in Chicago. And on that interview, Hunter was asked if his um, adoptive parents have ever abused him. And in the interview, he pauses for a second. And then he says no. Which both of the adoptive parents were right there on the interview. So, of course, there's no way that he's going to say yes if that is what he wanted to say. He's not going to do it in front of his adoptive parents there. Like, he wouldn't. Like, he just would not. But the intentional pause, you know, it, it gives us reason to believe that maybe he wanted to say yes, but couldn't. Um, and I'd be really interested to see him interviewed without the parents. To see if people could get those answers. I mean... 
I'd, I'd truly be curious because I want to know, like, was there abuse in that home or not? And we do know that when um, Kaylee went to Chicago in February and she was staying with her brother and her bio mom that she told her brother that, oh, ever since you left, things have gotten worse at home. And, you know, that's a pretty evasive statement. So we don't know specifics on that if, you know, because saying, oh, things have gotten harder at home, you know, it could mean like, oh, well, mom and dad are just putting more pressure on me because now I'm the only child and they, you know, they're putting more pressure on me. They want me to do well in horse riding or, you know, whatever. So it could, it could, you know, be something like that. Or, you know, it could be um, something completely different in they're abusing me, they're, you know, things are violent. You know, that's the other extreme end. So we really don't know to which side of that um, spectrum she was referring to. Um, we don't know. And that's what I would like more specific information on. Because I think, you know, that could really rule out if the parents, you know, possibly did something. Like finding out if they truly were abusive, if there were things like that going on in that house. Because that changes the story a bit, um, I believe, if if that's the case. And if not, then then we can maybe rule out that the parents did something. But we just don't have enough information at this point. And you know, one thing that seems clear here is that the parents were struggling with finding the correct way to parent her in her recent struggles and what was going on, that they were struggling. They didn't really know the best way to handle it. And that they would not do it again. They said that in the first interview, that if they had like a chance to do it over, they would not have adopted her. And I think it's pretty clear that that they maybe don't want her back. I mean, that sounds weird saying that, but they've said that, oh, if you know if she doesn't want to come back home, that's fine. We just want to know she's safe, which I think is interesting for like a parent to say. On one hand, I appreciate them for saying that because I, if it truly was a vol- volatile situation there or things were going on, then then yeah, I don't think she should have to go back there. But on the other hand, I think like, okay, well, why would you say that as a parent? If, you know, if you truly love your child, like, so I don't know. It's it's interesting that they made that comment. But I want to end this by speaking directly to Kaylee in case she is out there, in case she is, well, I know she's out there, but in case she's stumbling upon this podcast episode I have to imagine she's seeing the slew of media um that is on this case the people that are talking about it I'm sure maybe she's seeing some missing posters being posted and so I want to end this by talking directly to her Kaylee everybody everybody here loves you Everybody that is taking the time to share your face, share your name, 
share your missing person poster and talk about you, it's because they all love you. Everybody here loves you. And maybe you haven't felt the kind of love that you deserve. Maybe, maybe you have not received everything that you need. Maybe you felt as though you didn't have a voice, you didn't have a space, but you do. You're important, you matter, and people truly love you. And I understand wanting to get away. I understand wanting some space and wanting to write your own story. I understand. And all of these other people understand too. We get it. We understand. We want to know that you are safe. You don't need to come back to Carrollton, Georgia. And if you don't want to live with your parents, if, you know, if that was a situation that truly was not good for you, then you don't need to go back there. But we want to know that you're safe. We want to know that you are safe and that you are in a place that is good and happy. And that is all that we are asking is for you to let somebody know that you are safe. Let them know. You can anonymously call the tip line. You can call the police. You can message one of these lovely people online that is sharing about you. You can message me on Twitter, MYS Headlines. You can message me and just tell me I am safe and I am happy. Because that is all we want, is to know that you are safe and happy. And if you would rather live your life wherever it may be right now, we totally understand. And we want to give that to you. But we need to know that you are safe. But please know, sweetie, that you are so loved. That you are important. That you matter on this planet. And that there are people that love and care about you. You maybe haven't felt that your whole life. But I'm telling you it is true. I'm telling you it is true. So if by chance you're listening to this, please just reach out to me or somebody you feel safe doing so. You could reach out to your, one of your brothers, your bio mom, somebody you feel safe with, and let them know that you are okay. To everybody listening, thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing this podcast episode for sharing Kaylee Jones' missing person poster. As always, you can tweet at me at MYS Headlines and follow me on Instagram, MYS Headlines Pod. Thanks for listening.